0: Welcome to the Logan Damry Show. This is episode six of the podcast. And today's episode is quite unique. So this is a midnight edition of my podcast. Midnight edition. Yes. And this is a first. I've never recorded a podcast at midnight. Really? Yeah. So I'm pretty excited. I mean, it
1: was probably midnight somewhere when you recorded, right?
0: Well, I mean, yes. I mean... In my prospective time period, time zone, I have not <laughs> recorded a podcast at midnight. I like guess it's 12.07 a.m. right now on a Monday morning.
1: Make a wish.
0: So this late night conversation is really entertaining, but also really informative. I have a really good friend of mine named Jeremy Cantu on the podcast. Jeremy and I met back in college. We really bonded over drum corps. And we eventually became roommates. While I'm not personally involved with Drum Corps anymore, Jeremy currently is on staff with the Drum MBO Corps as an administrative staff member. So that's actually how this podcast came to fruition. His flight got canceled to his hometown and actually ended up stranding him here in my hometown. So we decided to hang out, go to Waffle House, and then ultimately record a podcast. We spend most of the time talking about the mental game of life and how it is applied to education being educators and being a student. So without further ado I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jeremy Cantu. So I've actually have never talked about drum corps on this podcast and I'm not against talking about drum corps because it definitely is a part of who I am and it definitely helped me to develop into who I am today. So knowing that Jeremy and I have a lot of similar interests in that. I'm sure we're going to talk about drum corps, to a certain extent. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, I'll, at least about like, because on this this podcast, I I like to talk more about the mental game of life. Right. That's kind of, I mean, I'm not sure if you've listened to it. You don't have to answer because I don't want to have the guilt of you not, <laughs> have, <laughs> not listening to it. Um, but it's literally basically about dissecting the game of life and how it correlates to whatever you do. So right. sometimes it's a little more vague a lot of the times I talk about the creative process or just being what people are calling nowadays a creator right so really a creator is a fancy word for artist you know whether you make YouTube videos that kind of stuff
1: I, I think the difference is that um, an artist is very specialized in what they're doing yeah. and if you look at the the market today and and what people are going for, if you're a content creator, you're not just focusing on, Video. You're not just focusing on graphic design or drawing. You're focusing on
0: everything. Absolutely. You're trying to tell the story in as many mediums as possible. Right. So it's, it's more of a term that is coined for online creators, online artists. Right. That do multiple things, like you're saying, uh, versus artists. Most people are going to think of artists as like a singer-songwriter kind of deal or a painter, that kind of thing, where it's more traditional. Right. So – I think it's someone that's been adapted over time to create a new identity of artist, even though it's still an artist. So, anyways, that's that's a lot of what I pertain to because I graduate with a degree in video production.
1: Right. Well, and and I'm kind of similar to that. I'm a bit more on the more specialized side, the the more classical side. I got a degree in music education. Yes. So, um, and then I also wound up getting a interdisciplinary studies degree. Where I focused on applying aspects of kinesiology to music, uh, because when you think about making making music, there is all this uh, you know muscle memory per se that goes into it, and how do we learn these motor programs? How do we develop and learn these skills? And I think a lot of that translates directly to this entire mental game of life. Mm-hmm. And it, what really piqued my interest in all of this actually was... Uh, when I did drum corps for a, you know, I actually wound up doing it for two summers uh, as a student, and then was it
0: fourteen and fifteen as well? It was fifteen and then sixteen. Okay, okay, gotcha.
1: Um, and then the past uh, three years, I've been on staff with a drum corps. That's actually the reason I'm here talking to you. That is, yeah, is uh, I flew down to Dallas to work with a uh, a drum corps camp. Uh, we had clinics. And we uh, rehearsed. Um, And then on my way back, as always, when flying into Lynchburg, uh, I had issues. And, you know, honestly, like, what's one of the things that I learned a lot in drum corps is just making the best of of what's at hand. And, you know, I could sit there and I could have been super pissed and super bummed out that uh, I wasn't going to be in my bed um, on time. You know, I. Wasn't gonna be in in Lynchburg and able to hang out with my friends tomorrow morning, um, but I can make the best of it and instead change that perception and that attitude and say, "Hey, I can hang in with my friend who I haven't seen
0: since what uh, a month? Look, maybe even longer. Yeah, I mean it's maybe a little. It might have been like a month. Uh, maybe a little I, longer, you were up like a month ago, but like, like that. I haven't Regardless, really sat down and while. chatted for like." Like at least two or three months. Yeah, it's been a know? while. I mean, we used to live together and like we bonded a lot because yeah. like you and I are pretty much like Alex was always working, other roommate was always at work or at school. So like, you know, you and I talked a lot and hung out a lot when we were home. Yeah. So yeah.
1: But yeah, um, my that that's that's one of the things is like, um, you know, drum corps uh, provided me those tools to sit th- and that training almost to sit there and play that mental game of life. That's one oh, of the yeah. reasons why. Uh, I'm really passionate about being on staff um, because I get to, I experience these developmental uh, this developmental growth, right, and uh, I want to see other people go through that as well.
0: Yeah, I fully agree. That's the main reason why I personally do teach. Private lessons is a great opportunity to do that kind of thing because you get to tailor exactly what the students in need right like you get to tailor the lessons to that and you know for example if I have one kid like I I have one student who has like the most potential out of all my students like really high high potential he's been playing drums for like three months and he's like on top he's like maybe I think he's in sixth grade okay he's just like on like he doesn't know it yet but he's like on top of the mental game right and I get to teach him so many really cool things I learned in drum And and WGI as well. Um, But I get to teach that kind of stuff. It's like give back that information that I learned. And while I'm not personally like a really big fan of drum corps, I think that's definitely something that given the right circumstances and the right people, if you're in that kind of mindset that is like a healthy mindset, it's a great environment to cultivate that kind of mindset that can help people for the rest of their lives. So as long as you have that healthy mindset – and drum core. it's great well and and just like with any any teaching opportunity right um
1: the student needs to be in the healthy mindset the teacher needs to be in a healthy mindset absolutely um the amount of times that i've had fantastic teachers and awful mindsets has just completely ruined uh experiences for me and i've ruined a lot of experiences myself Because I wasn't in a healthy mindset. Yeah. And I was way too focused on the negatives. Mm -hmm. I was way too focused on what was wrong with what was going on instead of looking at the good in the situation. Sometimes there's very little good in a situation. um, And it's difficult to recognize that. Um, There's a difference, I think, between positivity and optimism. Right? Um, When you're being positive, like... Like, that's just annoying. Like, it's it's really awful to sit there and just have someone keep being like, look on the bright side, you know? Like, like everything could be mm. awful for you, right? We all know people like that. You know? Um, but an optimist sits there and says, you know what? It sucks, but we can still make good out of this. I'm not denying that this sucks, right? Um, and I'm, I'm recovering from, from being a, a pessimist and sitting there and saying that everything sucks— I'm now starting to to try and look and say like, this sucks, but there's some good in it, right? It sucks that my flight got canceled, but there's good in it because I get to be here and be on this podcast,
0: right? And it, I think a lot of that has to do with being a realist as well. Yeah, there's a, there's a dosage of both of that, and it's it really for me. I have been in the activity of marching for ten years now, right? Which blows my mind. I can't believe yeah it's over been a decade, ten years, right? yeah, it's a decade of being. In a great environment of learning, and I've been in environments that have been not not the best, not the most optimal, whether it's from an educational standpoint or a mental well-being standpoint. Right. Like I've I've experienced pretty much all the realms of the mind when it comes to the or, or the organization of marching. Yeah. Just how I mean, I'm not saying I'm like some guru or anything by any means, but my summer of surge and i I'm, I'm not going to talk a lot about that in detail because this is on the internet well um, and
1: and anyone who knows drumcore or or knows marching band it's you do band nonstop for right know, a right. couple months straight right it's it's just as grueling because you're just
0: you're just doing the same thing day in day out right so you have the choice i, I actually i want to take a second and take take a step back um, a lot of these things is what I learned after my summers of marching in mm-hmm. 2014, I was not in the mental game at all. Right. I had an individual a educator introduce me to what the, the mental game was in 14. And then in 15, I was, as what kids say, noob. I was a noob in the mental yeah. game. But I very much was way more on top of the mental game in 15 than I was in 14. Um and that definitely was a lot i was definitely weak like mentally weak still in 15 but like i said leaps and bounds higher but i said something today about external factors and internal factors as far as our minds go right and something that i i notice a lot is some of the some of the students will look at other individuals or look at the floor or you know n- not really be worried about what's going on within themselves like within their own mind but a lot more of what's going on around them. And I found through my time marching that because I I'm I marched in some negative situations that's at points in time in my career. I mean where, everyone goes through those negative situations right Absolutely. And I you know, I'm I will openly admit even on the internet that I am a people pleaser. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's something I'm still continuously working on. Definitely gotten a lot better at getting over that that challenge but especially when i was marching i was definitely like a, pe- like a hardcore people pleaser and having people who like, would talk trash behind your back that kind of thing really ate at my my being my well-being and that's difficult when like with any team
1: activity right but especially this where it's like you're living with these people right you
0: literally are requiring their like collaboration with you to be great yeah if you um, want to be great
1: and, and like when your success depends upon everyone Rising to the occasion, absolutely. Um, it's it's really difficult to not take any personal failure as like a, an attack against your own self worth. Right.
0: You know. And you, we talked about this at Waffle House. Yeah. Real quick, had my first Waffle House experience tonight. It was good. You mentioned this at Waffle House that a certain group will not name groups in the podcast. Well, I don't
1: think it's the only group, but it's
0: right. But common course, we're throughout. specifically yeah. talking about yeah. a certain group. That literally puts self worth in the same category as your ability as a musician. Yeah, not not good. Not as yeah. not. I, I think most people can or should be able to look at that and identify that that is not a positive, beneficial, effective philosophy. Right. And kind of kind of tying this back. That's how I learned about external internal factors more. Just being bullied in high school, going through that in different ensembles. That it's a lot easier to learn how to control my thoughts, know and be confident about who I am, than to depend on what the words of other people really right. sort. And, and putting this in a marching context, it's a lot easier to be confident on my book, whether it's the marching book, the visual book, know that goes hand in hand, but music book, whatever the book is, knowing that inside out, it's way easier to have that factor, you know that's solid than to be shaky on that and be more aware of the external factors.
1: Well uh so so that reminds me uh there there's a, a legend in the in the activity, um especially on the brass side. His name is Donnie Van Doren. Uh he worked with a lot of really uh, just insane uh brass groups. Like legend you look at like where people studied and, and who they learned under, Donnie Van Doren is normally like the go-to person um for anyone who has like a very like well-rounded like education in, in brass lines um and one of the things that he always he always said like his his stock phrase was just do your job right your job is is your music your job is your your marching your job is whatever it is that is specific to you to do if that mean that's taking care of your body right that's taking care of your brain um and then that's like knowing knowing your stuff, right? And you can apply that to outside of outside of marching band, right? To to real world where your job may be to you know manufacture widgets, right? Um, and it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing, right? If if someone else is messing up with with what they're doing, if someone is you know like making you know giving you crap for what you're doing, just do your job, right? Mm-hmm. It's not your business to be concerned about what other people are doing because if you focus 100% on what you're doing, you're getting rid of all those external factors, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, it, It's so much easier to fine-tune your product, no right, matter what that product is, than it would be if you're allowing so all this extra outside noise that isn't coming from you to intrude.
1: And, and that's that's a skill that I think uh, that I've been working really hard on and that it took me a long time to develop and I didn't really have a first uh, – the first time I experienced that was in drum corps and that's the ability to just focus. Yeah. To, to have that laser sharp focus where you can block out the entire outside world and just just live in the moment and be like, right now, I'm going to make this one thing as perfect as possible. Right right and if you can if you can extend that focus to more than just a moment but to to maybe you know a couple minutes right um that's what we call in in athletics a state of flow right where it's like you are 100% in this like you i guarantee you the football player in the super bowl you know isn't going to to be thinking about what Which he's one? having in any of them <laughs> probably not this one this last one was pretty awful yeah, let, was let's admit crash. Um, but you know, like like your star quarterback isn't gonna sit there and be thinking about what he's gonna be drinking after the game. Hopefully. He's 100% focused on just making the pass. Yeah. Right.
0: It's really simple. If we make it simple, and I I, I do want to add to this and saying that external factors aren't necessarily like. Comments to make you better, or you know, any of those kind of things. Something that a fellow teacher of mine, Austin Thompson, or a, a teaching like we teach together. Okay, whatever the word is for that. I'm calling Colleague. Colleague. Yeah, it's it, like I said. It's midnight right now. It's twelve thirty. My brain's not really working entirely. That's an excuse. Don't use excuses. Um,
1: hey, 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 do you know what excuses are?
0: Get the, say the spiel. This sort of the internet knows. Just do it.
1: Excuses are tools of incompetence for monuments of nothingness. People who use them seldom amount to anything else.
0: I think that was more effective because you put the mic closer to your mouth and it made it peak even more. Wonderful. It's so like, just I, I want to take a quick intermission. We're going to get back to this topic in a second. I'll, I'll, I'll go back to talking about what Austin said in the beginning of the season. These microphones are, or not the one I'm using, but the one Jeremy is holding is a rock band microphone <laughs> that my mother got at a garage sale for $3 two years ago. And I, one, don't really make money from this podcast, so I have not put any. Yeah, y- yeah, yet. I mean, maybe one day. Um, But I have not decided to put money into getting new microphones, and I've definitely been thinking about this in my subconscious this whole time. Like, everything you're saying right now is really, like, poppy. Like, it's like, there's no pop filter. There's no windscreen on this microphone. It's literally just a really terrible dynamic microphone. Yeah and yeah it's and you can't hear yourself either because you don't have headphones because i don't have an adapter so i just need to get my game up man like like my voice sounds okay this mic's like 20 bucks and it sounds decent for 20 bucks but my guest voice like i don't want to have this problem like where this is because you're the first you're actually the first in-person guest i've had i'm honored because the last two have been over the computer like, I had I had Bailey as a first guest, and he has a pretty decent microphone, and we he self-recorded it on his own audio interface and his own his program. Same for Enrique, the next, the guest from last week. Right. So this is the first time for this, and it's at midnight on top of that. So anyways, I'll go back to just be aware that if you – it's really sensitive where you, where you put it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to cut that little thing out. But anyways, back to what I was talking about with Austin. I remember one moment he told – Somebody in the ensemble that I teach at with him, he said something about along the lines of: if you know your stuff well enough, when you get critique, you're going to be able to f- experiment with that critique, that comment, and directly apply it. And from there, you can see if it's good, if it's a good comment or not. And that's not to say like it's an opinion; it's more or less like is this effective or not. And with drum core, indoor drum line, whatever you want to call all the stuff like WGI, DCI, it's really a game of effectiveness at the end of the day. Like you can have a great product. You need to be able to develop that effectively the fastest because we, the time is definitely against you.
1: Well, and and so one of the things that I was talking to, uh, some middle school students that I was teaching
0: was, um, I
1: was in a middle school classroom, um, teaching, I I teach middle school band every once in a while. as like, a uh, kind of like a clinician or, or like, a you know, um, advisor, I guess. Um, and I also like substitute teach on the side. Um, but so I was teaching some middle school students. And one of the things that we brought up was um, at some point, you just have to like learn your notes in your, in your fingerings, and your rhythms, right? Because if I come in from outside to spend a day with this middle school program, and to teach these kids about how to play their instruments, and they don't know their notes, they don't know their music, all I'm going to say is, you should learn your notes in music.
0: Yeah, it's not really effective comments. You're not making anybody better.
1: Yeah, because anyone can tell them that. And they know that they need to do that. Um, But if they know their notes in music, then I can go in and I can give them a bit higher level feedback. And that feedback is going to help them, you know, Get to that next level and maybe it doesn't apply to some of them maybe some of them are able to play with like a really really good sound but maybe others of them need to you know make some slight changes to sound as as good as possible um but if the students don't take ownership of of the their music and what they're doing the the only feedback they're gonna get is may, maybe you should play your notes and rhythms so so here's the the big thing is that my time in drum corps Taught me a lot about taking personal responsibility. Taught me about uh, doing my job, right? That entire thing of like, I need to focus 100% on just my thing, right? And if it's not my department, then why do I need to spend time worrying about it? Let other people worry about their stuff. And, you know, if, if I put 100% effort in my my domain, I will see results from that. You know? Maybe... Yes. Maybe that effort is misdirected. Maybe I can do things more efficiently, but I'm still going to see results from that.
0: Yeah, you definitely should. Uh, I I do want to go back to, you were talking about a second ago with teaching students middle school. Yeah. And one thing that I've come across before with other educators that really baffles me, and I know it baffles other people, is when you give students... Let's say a whole entire ensemble. You give them the same comments for a few weeks. It gets really redundant. The students start getting tired of you telling them march with a good technique. Blanket comment, you yeah, know, whatever. And then somebody else will come and you'll bring in like a guest clinician. So you say you you have guest clinician before, yeah. You'll bring in that kind of person and they'll say the exact same information, maybe slightly different with a slightly different variation because they're you know it's a different person, and the kids respond to it really well and they do it and they execute it and you're just like. Why did it take another individual to say the same thing I've been saying for months to make this better? So I kind of want to see I wanna get your thoughts on why like what I don't there's probably an effect for this. there's probably like a a name for this right, this phenomenon, but I wanted to see what your thoughts were on it
1: so um is is actually pretty funny uh, a couple weeks ago, the entire reason why I came in to to help this uh, colleague of mine out in his band room was because he'd been the only person teaching these kids. And he flat out said, he said, you can literally repeat everything I say, and they will learn because it's coming from not me. <laughs> and, I, and I think part of it is, is, it comes to that focus. Where students are, it's very easy to lose focus and just be like, oh, that's our normal teacher. He's gonna say normal teacher things. Um, and they just kinda like, zone out. But then holy cow, we have this brand new person in who maybe has a different vibe. Um we don't know like who this new person is, right? Um this person may have like played, you know, with like the greatest symphony orchestra ever, or maybe they're just like some random person that the teacher paid ten bucks to come in the classroom for $10. the day. <laughs> you know? Um and it's like because there's this like variety, there's this novelty, right? people focus, right? It's whenever you have a guest speaker anywhere, a lot of people just immediately will, will focus a lot more than your normal. Um, but then the other thing that I think puts a lot of weight into it is just sometimes it's that very slight variation that, that you, you mentioned, where sometimes you have this person come in and they just change like two words, right? They use a different pronoun or a different preposition, right? Instead of saying like, hey uh lift up you know when you're mar- when you march they say be taller when you march and all of a sudden that just clicks with someone and um i think it's really easy for us as educators and as instructors and teachers to f- fall back to the same old phrases all the time um and instead of what we should be doing is we should be trying to realize like okay if i said this before and it didn't make an effect, it's probably because it's not getting through to them. So I need to find another way to communicate this, whether it's a slight change or whether it's a brand-new metaphor or analogy to sit there and break down this concept because clearly there's a breakdown in communication.
0: Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with what you said. Just the whole entire... That whole entire Spillies game, I definitely agree with all that. It, it's It's something you definitely see more in a younger student base. Yeah. Whether it's age or mental maturity on whatever the subject is. So if we're talking about music specifically, you know, you could be a master teacher and you're teaching students who are in the intermediate phase or are trying to get into the master. More than likely if they're in that phase, they're gonna be really attentive. And they're gonna to listen to every word the instructor says. You know, obviously we have a certain amount of retention rate that our brains usually the individual like probably variance between people. But with that being said, I think it goes back to being hungry to learn on top of that too. And a lot of times when and this is like from experience for myself, like when I was younger, I didn't know how to learn yet. And that's definitely something that is really big in education, is teaching students to be good students. And that it takes obviously the teacher to teach that, but it also teaches the student to learn that. And it's something I think with more as you know, would say in the drum core world, more reps gets them right to understand how that works. But it you know, it definitely having a new face saying the same thing in the room definitely changes the vibe a little bit. It makes they might might have a click different with somebody else. Right. Um but two, it's it's like a different energy in the room. And it gets people's attention. And when you're in a situation of learning, you should just be in a situation of soaking up material anyway.
1: Well, and yeah, but when you mentioned like the vibe changing with teachers, um, I've met people who are way smarter than, than the best teachers that I've ever had. Way smarter people. They know way more about music or about whatever their subject area. But they were way worse teachers because they didn't know how to communicate, or they didn't um, have the right vibe, and really when we think about it, teaching is leadership. Teaching is taking people and guiding them to the right information. You you can't force, you know, a, a student to sit there and, and get better. Like, the student has to do the work to get better, but your job is to sit there and, and lead them to it, and to um, motivate them a little bit. You know, most of that is... is is that what you're doing is external, uh, motivation and we want to get intrinsic motivation going from the student. Um, but like you're, you're there to guide them. You're there to, to lead them to, to get better. Um, and when you look at these teachers or just these people that are incredibly smart, like brains that are just humongous and know anything and everything about a subject and they can't can't teach is because it's not because they can't communicate it it's because they they are not leading the students the the amount of times where it's like uh i've been in a rehearsal and i've had a absolute genius genius arranger or composer sitting there explaining what he wants from us and then to um to like not really get a good sound out of it out of the ensemble just because No one could sit there and and lead and say, like, I need this
0: out of you all. You know, this ensemble needs to have this direction going towards it, right? Well, I know you know this. I'm just going to say this for the sake of saying it. You can be great at something and be a terrible teacher. Oh, yeah. Teaching is an art form. You have to be able to learn how to break things down, how to communicate and be transparent about the topic, no matter what it is and be ready to teach it in different ways that register with different learning types. That takes a, a whole different skill set than it does to outright do something great. Right. When it comes to we're we're talking about music a lot. Even music, like I can be sit down and put hours in behind a drum set, get really good at playing drum set and not teach it well. That's like a really easy thing to fall into especially if you're not like an analytical person. I have found that the more analytical I am about myself, whether it's real life or playing drum set or marching, the more analytical I am in the moment, the more I take mental notes, I write things down a lot. Right. I'm able to transpar- or take that transparency of my, of my learning time and transfer that into teaching. But then on top of that though, that's the information though. The whole art form of teaching is a different subject. That you just have to learn how to be a good educator and how it's it's, it's going to be a different approach. Like I can tell you how something works, but I have to learn how to actually teach it.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's a skill, it's a process. Um, Trust the process. Oh, the process is important. It is. Uh, the amount um, I've taught a lot of different uh, groups and ensembles, um, and and you know this. My personality and my approach has changed. Yes, every single time I've been in a different ensemble, I've started out as being like the the grumpy, crotchety old man mm-hmm. who's just like, "Y'all suck. Y'all got to be better." Spitting sunflower seeds on people. Oh, dude, it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> I've turned <laughs> never in... spat on somebody. Nah, no, not just to towards really. them, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and and even then, like the year before that, I was incredibly grumpy. Um, and, and it was just like y'all need to be better, right? And then I realized, like, that's not an effective teaching approach, right? Uh, telling people to get better doesn't do anything because it's like... It's basically an emotional response. Yeah. I, all I've told you is that you suck, not how to stop sucking, right?
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: Um, and so then after that, I realized, okay, maybe, maybe I need to find a way to, like, connect with people, right? And so I started... I kind of turned into this, like, over-the-top caricature, right? Where it's like, okay, I can tell you how to get better, but I don't think you'll pay attention to me just based off of, like, the fact that, you know, maybe I don't hold enough respect in in my student's eyes or or whatnot. So I did a lot of, like, really wacky kind of funny stuff, you know, constantly having sunflower seeds on me, constantly just, you know, like, spitting them everywhere, um... But like people, people at least listen to me, right? The the things that I said became almost like memes within the group, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, you're remembering what I'm saying, you're not applying it though.
0: Right. I was gonna say, there's, I think it was a, that might take an adjustment. Maybe you've made an adjustment since then.
1: Yeah. Um, and again, like, part of teaching is, uh, being reflective.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Being able to look back and see, okay, what worked, what didn't work, um. And so I worked with those those groups and those ensembles, right? Um, and then um, after that, I got to spend even more time with master teachers that I respect and I admire, and I saw their teaching style. And some of, uh, some of these teachers, I saw things and I was like, I, I would never do that. Like, I draw the line there. Like, that is not my teaching style, and I don't think that's effective. And I saw other things from other teachers that I was like, I'm stealing that. Like... And so um, what really, really helped me was um, being in a more structured teaching environment um, because teaching a marching band is way different than teaching in a classroom. Um, And so when I started my student teaching, um, I focused a lot more on how can I be constructive? How can I be motivating? Right. Um, And really just how can I be a leader? There's a huge difference between being a critic and being a leader absolutely right uh and a lot of times i think we think being a critic is is the right way to teach um we can tell people what was wrong and even how to fix it but if i can't convince you that you should fix it then what have i done right all I've done is really kind of like insulted your ego and told you that you're not as good as you thought you were. Um, But if I'm a leader and I'm constructive, right? I sit there and I say like, Hey, I really like everything else you're doing, but here's an area of improvement. Here's how to improve it and you can do it. And I believe in you. That's a game changer.
0: Definitely can be. I think it depends on who you're talking with or who you're dealing with. Rather, some people may not be receptive to that kind of thing. Some people are more like the, the learning type where they just want it straight to you. Like, right. say, like they, they know what's happening and it's just like, I need you to just help me get better and tell me what I'm doing. Like literally just short and to the point. So I think it really depends on who you talk with. But I definitely agree that, especially with young learners, you have to be that way a lot of the times. It'd be just, sometimes there's days you just have to be overly motivated to get them to be responsive.
1: Right. Well, and, and it, it does vary depending on the students. Yeah. And depending on the maturity level, whether it is, um, like musically mature, right. Or whether it's like emotionally mature, right. Um, when I'm in a elementary classroom, I am way more peppier than I am in a middle school classroom. Um, and yeah, you can, you can cut out a lot of that, that pep and a lot of that fluff when people get older, um, and you're working with high school and college age students, but even then you still need to be constructive and you still need to, um, Make sure that that the students know that you have their back. Right. right. There's
0: there's definitely an energy shift in that because it's it's really more. Hold on, I just lost my thought.
1: It's like focus, kind of.
0: Okay. Yeah, it came back to me. It, it's more or less that when you are in the game, like the mental game, for a longer period of time you learn to be more, you learn to be self-motivating. Yeah. And you don't, you no longer need an individual to motivate you to give you a reason to show up or to give you a reason to get better. It's already there. It's already ignited in you. And once you get to that point that you, you know, you don't need that anymore. It's just tell me it straight. It's right. It's like, like you could sit here and tell me like my podcast sucks. Your podcast because, sucks. Thank you. Well, I mean, I mean, in a constructive way, obviously like, saying, like, hey, I do not enjoy this part of your podcast. Hey, I don't
1: enjoy that your podcast mics suck.
0: You you stutter a lot, or, like, you, you could be better at your words. One way you can do that is blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's ways that you can do that. You could drop some
1: cash on a decent mic for your guests.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the, that's the blunt truth. Like, I'm very well aware of that. So, like I say, it's it's one of those things of, like, when you're teaching people, Hopefully, the students you're teaching are teachable. That's the biggest thing. Like, the, the biggest, and since we're kind of getting crammed on time, I want, I want to talk about some takeaways from, from our drum corps experiences and members, and not even just drum corps, just marching in general. Like, the biggest takeaway for me is, like, with life in general, you can learn to be great at something, but until you learn to be a great student and great, like, a great student of life, a self motivator, a self starter. You're self-sufficient. You don't need anybody else to help you get going. Those, those three things, once you learn how to do those kind of things, those subject matters, life gets a lot easier. Life is never going to be easy, in my opinion. And maybe that's just my ignorance talking. There's always going to be challenges in life, things that we can't control, external factors. But as soon, like, as fast as you can get those internal factors figured out, such as your calling, your purpose, your identity, whatever you want to call it, Once you figure that kind of thing out and just ironing out all the internal factors that you can fix and have control over, the more that external factors in life will not affect you. Right. And obviously there's things that will shake you that you have no control over. That's just the reality of life. Like, tragic tragedies, we'll just leave it at that. You don't have control over those. Those are going to shake you. uh, Things are your core values. You know That goes back to your internal internal factors and figuring out your internal factors and what's important to you and what are your core values and figuring those things out.
1: Yeah. I, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, and this is a conversation for another podcast that I would love to get into. Um, but yeah, to be a self starter and a self motivator, all that requires a knowledge of who you, who yourself is, right? Absolutely. Everything is foundational to identity. Um, and, and one of the, Big things that I learned in, in my time at Drum Corps is I can't tie my identity to what it is I'm doing because that changes after three months, right? Uh, there's a lot of people who like, seriously fall into legitimate bouts of depression when they finish marching band or they finish drum corps or indoor drum line because all of a sudden this thing that they've poured all their time and all their energy into is done, and they have to wait another year until they can get started again. Um, so so my identity can't be tied to what I do. My identity can't be tied to what I'm good at because I'm going to be asked to do things that I'm not good at, right? That's Eventually, of, you may
0: not be able to physically do anything. Yeah. Like, that's um, very much a reality. That's depressing,
1: but... And, and so, so the real thing is, um, like, what what is your identity where does your identity come from and everyone has to look um has to figure an answer to that question and and i have my own answer to that question and i don't even know if it's a good answer or if it's a right answer um but at least it's an answer and i'm still trying to figure that out right uh that's something i constantly revisit is who am i because if i'm going to talk about being a self-starter and being self-motivated why would I motivate myself to do something that's not me? Right. Right. Um, I'm not going to go ahead and, and I know I'm not, you know, I I know I'm not gonna, I'm I'm not a
0: murderer. I hope, you know, you hope, right? What? I'm, you I'm, know, is something you're not telling me <laughs> uh, weird things come out at 1245 or 1253 at night. You know, <laughs> I, I, I know
1: I'm not a bad person or, or I don't want to be a bad person. My identity is I'm someone who, um, you know, I, I want to care about people. I, I want to provide for others. So if something that I'm doing or that I'm going to do um, conflicts with that concept of I'm a good person, then I need to motivate myself to not do that, right? Right, yeah.
0: It. Yeah, th- this could get really deep. So because Make it it's, deep. it's so late, I don't think we're going to go this deep. And, you know, that's a whole different thing. But I definitely agree with everything you're saying here. And just there's a lot of things that go into what you're saying. Like it's a very, like you literally could talk about this for probably another hour. Let's do it. Not you, but I mean us. Like just talking about this this whole concept of identity. But really just, I don't know, man. Like with everything that we're saying, kind of tying it together is you, you learn all this stuff over time. And to be truthful, nobody has everything figured out. No one knows who they are 100%. I feel like there's definitely... Uh, level of confidence that you can get in who you are. But at the end of the day there's always going to be holes I feel like. There's even even just like small holes. I'm not th- I'm not talking about voids. I'm talking yeah. about like you're never I'm not going to say never because I I, I have not experienced. I'm young. I, I you know, I'm I'm not 90 years old or however long it takes you to develop yourself. Like most elderly people I have talked to are still figuring it out. People right. who are in their 70s or 80s, they'll tell you stop trying to figure everything out because it's a waste of time. I'm not saying stop learning. I'm not saying Oh no. Stop it's, trying to figure yourself it's, out. It's
1: it's about energy, right? It is investing your time, your energy and your focus. Yeah. into oh my goodness, I don't have everything 100% planned.
0: It's not a rat race. Like it shouldn't be. But we we constantly put ourselves in that position. Right. Comparing ourselves to others being like so freaking like exhausting to ourselves about I have to get better at this or this, that, and this because of so-and-so is better at this, or I just need to get there now. I'm right. I'm impatient. Or
1: or trying to keep up that image of I have everything together. Because no one does. Right. Um, that entire aspect of um, having like a, you know, like a life plan, like a 15 year life plan and, and, you know, having everything like in different steps and then the check marks underneath it. Right? Um, it's good to planning is good, right? Uh, having goals is good. Absolutely, but the fact of the matter is that nothing ever goes according to plan. Um, I was talking most to most time. Yeah, I, I was talking to. Like uh you
0: being here right now did not go according to plan. So it did
1: not, and you know what? We made it work, right? Exactly. Um, I was talking to someone who works with another uh, drum corps, um, and this was um during a a part of the drum corps season where just a lot of stuff was happening uh with my job and it was really hectic and chaotic and I was just sitting there being like holy cow like am I even going to like somehow make it through the summer let alone like come out with a job on the other end because I was just so stressed out um it seemed like a new fire was popping up every day to put out um and I was talking to a friend of mine in another drum corps I was like, man, like, you guys, like, you've got it all figured out. You know, you've got, like, a huge team. You know, like, you've got, like, way more manpower. You've got way more money power. Um, Like, it must be nice working there. And he just turned to me and he was like, dude, we have just as many problems as you do. We're just way better at hiding it. You know, and, and that's, that's the thing is, like, that entire aspect of, like, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes.
0: Yep. That's like everybody, man. Like some people and I, I think it really goes along with confidence. People just learn how to be confident in different areas that maybe we're not used to. And when it comes to covering things up, quote unquote, I do that with like ear fingers. Oh yeah. Uh it it takes a level of confidence to be able to show that you're not going through those certain things. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Well and and I think there's confidence is very important. Um, a lot of times but fake confidence is not fake confidence is not. well, and, and part of it is, um, vulnerability is also important. Yeah. Um, you can't be a leader. You can't have influence if you're not vulnerable, right? I'm not going to listen to someone who looks like they have it all together because I know for a fact that they wouldn't know where I'm coming from. Right. It's like you have everything together. How can you like help me get out of this, this, pit that I'm in right if you've never been there right
0: I think it really goes to taking information with a grain of salt you know I everything like things that people say are not like 100% truth because it's on the internet or because this certain person has a certain stature on them maybe they're well known in a community and they're really really well respected Oh, just it's so they, easy to get
1: caught up in a cult of personality. Yeah, I just mean, because and, that's
0: a thing does not make make it true. Yeah,
1: um, like the the amount of people who will treat certain things as if it's like literal gospel because it came from one person in this in a certain you know community, um, and it's like, hang on a second, like does that even apply to you right now, right? Um, the there's some. Some people can give great advice, and it's great in that situation, in that context, to the person it was given to. But if you try and apply that to your own life, you won't, like, find any, like, use out of that. It might even be detrimental to you.
0: That comes to this beautiful term called discernment. And learning how to have discernment in every part of your life. Whether it's educationally or just life in general, once you learn to have discernment, you are able to recognize what you're saying right, right now, and say, "Is this something that is behind my journey, currently applicable to my journey, not applicable at all, or applicable for something in the future that I might need?" Right. So that that's kind of how I see it. And I I mentioned this a lot in my podcast about. The journey itself, and how every single individual is—and this is very cliche, but it's true. It's cliche for a reason. Every individual is on their own journey. So your educational journey is a lot different than my educational Most journey. Most definitely. And that goes for every single person. Even if someone, like, even if you're on a very similar path as somebody, you're still not them. They're not you. They don't have your experiences, and you have your own experiences. So it, it, that's the beautiful thing about life, in my opinion is that there's so many different people on this earth and no one person has the exact same experiences. So being able to develop discernment and understand what works for your environment that you're currently in is like incredibly important. And once you figure that out and how to handle that, I feel like things clear up a lot more and you're able to figure things out easier and like I said, you're never going to have everything figured out, but you kind of learn to have more of an ease of mind. Yeah. That you, you accept the fact that we as human beings don't have the capability of learning all the information in the world. And you learn to be hungry when appropriate and learn how to apply things so much easier. I feel like with, with that kind of mindset.
1: Yeah. and And you can, you can, you, again, it falls back to that focus. It's like, if I'm, if I used to devote, you know, 20% of my focus and my energy on just freaking out about my journey, about not having everything together, about not knowing, you know, my destination, right? That's 20% of my energy that can't go towards anything else, right? You know, like, taking that next step towards, um, you know, maybe trying to to evaluate all this advice that I get because we're bombarded with advice all the time. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if I, um,
0: information overload.
1: Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, sh- what should I even be eating? Right. You know, like what's, what's healthy. Should I be eating carbs? Should I be eating fats? Should I be eating no carbs and no fats? You know, like everything is causing cancer and going to cause me to like gain weight. Right. It's like, do I need to be worrying about this or can I sit there and focus more on the fact where it's like, Hey, I have more important things to do, and I can be more effective by applying this energy elsewhere.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I think kind of the wind everything together is at the end of the day, you need to listen to what your body and your mind is telling you because going back to the, the fact that we're all different, I could tell you everything that works for me, and none of it works for you. And it, you know, being open-minded has a lot to do with that, and just going back to the thing I mentioned like 30 minutes ago of saying I know myself well enough to say if this piece of advice would truly work for me or not, you know, you can experiment with it. Even if you think it's, like, stupid, you can still, in my opinion, should still be open-minded to try it. Like, right. taking cold showers. This is day 25 of taking cold showers for me. So I started on February 1st, and I've gone every day and i've had people say wow that's really stupid why would you take cold showers that's you know like why would you do that that's dumb
1: see and and like i'm somewhat well that i can sit there and it's like that's valid like i can understand your you're developing discipline right um and, and you know like we we develop discipline we develop um the the grit and the toughness needed to to handle with handle things by you know denying ourselves some some things like that um, my thing is right now is like why would I just make the start of my day worse in one more way right you know there's there's validity to that right Um, last month I fasted for 21 days I had one meal a day for 21 days Yes. the amount of people that have looked at me and been like you're an idiot Jeremy why are you you, you need to eat Um, but by denying myself that I managed to become more in tune, um, spiritually myself, um, but just also realize where it's like, this is something that doesn't control me, right? Food didn't, uh, food became a lot easier for me to control after I did this fast because I realized I don't need to eat as much as I thought I did, right? Um, and all of a sudden, like with this cold shower thing right it doesn't control you right you can now sit there and be like you know what I can I can handle cold for a little bit I can handle a little bit of discomfort and you know a little bit of discomfort whether it be a cold shower in the morning or you know just like having to stand outside for five minutes while I you know wait for my friend to pick me up that's not gonna kill me and you know and you can realize that these things don't control your life as much, and they don't have as big of an
0: impact as they do. It goes back to figuring out what works for yourself. Yeah. And what really is, and I'm I'm not I'm not gonna get into like, relative truth and subjective truth. I'm not getting into any of that, because that's a whole different ball game. Right. And we could yeah, I could talk about that for nice, but to a certain extent, you definitely there's definitely subjective truths, that you have to like that go for yourself, like right. philosophical and religious. I'm not getting into that, but it, it, I'd it, like to
1: debate with you for about four more hours on every claim you just made. All right, let's do it.
0: <laughs> but I, I really do think it's like a good place to kind of leave off in saying that the reason I've done cold showers is because a warm shower is very, very comfortable. And I love warm showers. I, I In the midst of me taking cold showers, I've been doing this thing called the Indiana Jones shower. I believe that's what it's called. It's either Indiana Jones or some other kind of explorer person. James Bond? Maybe James Bond. It might be James Bond, actually. And, Boydie, if you're listening to this, you can correct me for the third time. <laughs> um, but regardless, you start off with a warm shower to get your hygiene routine because it's a lot – I don't want to just get in a cold shower take the beginning being a cold shower and then get out and not be clean. Right. So I'll take a warm shower and there's a lot of benefits that come with taking a warm shower. Drop my ring. There's a lot of benefits that come with warm showers but there's more benefits such as strengthening your immune system, tightening your skin, getting your respiratory system working, you're more alert from cold showers. All those things come from cold showers. So I thought to myself, sure I could take super uncomfortable cold showers and that's all I do the whole entire month or for... 30 days straight, so I'm going into March. Okay. 30 days straight, I can challenge myself to be uncomfortable, turn on a cold shower, and be in there for more than two minutes in the freezing cold, like literally as cold as it can get, and shiver. It sucks. It's terrible. That's called adversity. And you learn more about yourself in adversity, mom- like adversity building moments, than you do just being comfortable. And at everyday activities such as fasting, like you were saying, like eating, you know, you're not eating yeah. a meal every day. I guarantee you learned a lot about yourself in that. Did you oh, not yeah. taking these cold showers is the same thing. So it it really it goes to figuring out what works for you, what challenges you can do to challenge yourself to make yourself learn more about yourself to grow and improve. Right, like I kind of, I feel like that is kind of just like. Maybe because it's one o'clock in the morning, and I'm thinking this I kind of wrap things up. I know my I can feel my brain separating from like the logic right now, like I'm just like, oh I'm yeah, being tired dude
1: but dude we've 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 been past that for like a decent
0: amount of time, regardless i I think it's a good place to kind of start ending things. I do want to have you say one more thing, I want you to give me your one o'clock morning advice if you're listening to this late at night. Or not, but you know I want I want jeremy's one o'clock in the morning thought, word of wisdom bit to go right here. What do you say? you
1: know what i'll I'll give it to you i'll and I'll even relate it to to this this closing wrap up. um Adversity is super powerful when combined with reflection. no one very few people do hard things every day of their life. Everyone has done something hard. In their life. Um, Whenever I find something challenging or difficult or I freak out, I think about what is the hardest thing I have ever done. Um, uh, When I was doing drum corps, drum corps was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Before drum corps, um, I ran a 50K. Um, I did 34.5 miles with about... um, and this this race had about seven thousand feet of climbing in it, uh, like like going up hills. Uh, and when I was doing drum core, all that I thought was, well, I did a 50k. I can do I can do drum core. And now when I sit there and I have you know a project due, or I have something I'm freaking out about, I sit back and I think about what was the hardest thing I've ever done. I've done drum core, I've done a 50K, I can handle this, right? You know, if th- something's harder than that, then at least I have, like, data that I thought something was incredibly hard, and I still managed to overcome it, right? So I would just probably say when, when adversity comes, you, you've trained for this, you've, you, whether you know it or not. And having that ability to look back and reflect will really, really help you pull through. Mm.
0: All right, Jeremy, thank you so much for being on my podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Um, even though it was like a super last-minute thing.
0: Hey, I think it made this a great opportunity and it was fun. Yeah. Like, we literally decided an hour ago or two hours ago to do this podcast, so... Maybe next time we'll have more of a, a structured yeah, system. Yeah, you're going to have a
1: fun time editing this. Well, here's
0: the thing. This is like a real conversation, and I actually really enjoy these kind of podcasts. So I, I like it. So I think this was, it was, this was great. It was very enjoyable having you on the show, and I look forward to talking to you again on the yes, show. Yes, most okay. definitely. That was my conversation with Jeremy Cantu. I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, that was really sporadic. and was not planned at all, so I'm glad that worked out. I definitely want to have Jeremy back on the show in the future to have more of a planned conversation, more interview, about more about what he does for his work. Uh, In the meantime, I'm going to be taking a break from the podcast next week and possibly the week after to get focused and to plan out content. A couple episodes have been planned, other than this one, of course, but not really produced how I want it to be. So I want to take some time to get my vision straight, to get more focused. That way the content I give to you, my audience, is more high quality and more meaningful. So if you enjoyed the show, feel free to share it, subscribe, rate it five stars. Otherwise, I will see you guys in a couple of weeks with a brand new form of the Logan Damery Show. Also be looking out for YouTube content. That's coming soon. All right. Well, have a great day. I will see you when I see you. Peace.